Grab your tissues and brace your hearts, dear listeners. Today we're joined by Doug Greenberg of Rocky Minute as a telegram is delivered to the Peaches locker room. Thank goodness for the league victory song and Tom Hanks' brilliant acting, so it isn't all sadness. Also in today's lineup are Bill Pullman and real-life player Mickey McGuire. But before we learn what makes baseball great, let's check in with Rachel and Tierney about the current state of the sport. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of in shock. Things seem calm, games are happening, Red Sox weren't doing great, but we did even fix that recently. Uh, but we do have a clip we'd like to send out to a certain former Reds broadcaster. And now, here we go. We're going to jump right into Tracy Reiner crying inning. Um, Rachel, what do we have on the lineup today? Today, you want me to start with the segment or... Ooh, um... (laughs) The problem with only doing nine of these is we're going to get it down for the ninth inning. <laughs> I know. Why don't you introduce the people that people are listening to hearing, talking right now? That wasn't a sentence. Why don't you introduce <laughs> the people that our listeners are hearing right at this very moment? All right. I'm Rachel Mummert, and with us we have Tierney. Yeah, I never shut up, so they're used to me. (laughs) (laughs) And Doug Greenberg is with us today to talk about Inning 7. Hello, Rachel and Tierney. Thank you so much for having me on. This is one of my favorite baseball movies. So uh, I'm really so glad that you guys are not getting any this. baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is, it's okay because there, there's something in this chunk that, that I really wanted to talk about. So that's why I requested specifically. We talk about baseball, Rachel. What I, I feel like we need to <laughs> warn people what's about to happen in inning seven so that they are, you know, they can emotionally prepare. I say, it's... <laughs> It's a heart. Okay. So we start this inning off with the baseball song that is written by. <laughs> I just, totally I just looked down blanked. at my notes and it says, have the player profile pages up. Yeah. I, I know didn't. it's LaVon Pepper Pear Davis, but she co wrote it with someone. I think one of the jeans, but who was it? Uh, Pepper Pear is the one that has the copyright, which is why y'all don't hear this as the theme song for our podcast. And it's not in the trailer either. No. No. Uh-huh. And it's really hard to find <laughs> copies of the song other than like them singing. I mean, you can see them singing at reunions and stuff, but it is not a uh, widely available thing. Because of the copyright? Um, By the time people knew what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I guess, it, it, I mean, it's, do they have a, a ceremony every year for the AAGPB? Did I get it right? Very close. Very close. They don't have a ceremony. They do have a lot of reunions. Mm -hmm. And they also have done some major things. So the Baseball Hall of Fame dedicated the women in baseball exhibit in 88. And so a bunch of them were there. They, like I said, have done reunions. Mm -hmm. So they see each other. There are things. Very heartwarming. (laughs) At this point, they... They're probably mostly all died off, haven't they? Or close to it? Yeah, in there, but not too mm-hmm. terribly. Yeah. 
because you figure all the men that fought in World War II, a, a lot of them, they're in their way well into their 90s or have already passed on. Yeah. No, it is it is a lot. You see 2012, 2013, 2004, you see those a lot with mm-hmm. obituary listings. Yeah. And like I know, wasn't it one of the youngest members was like 15 when she was in the league? So even then, I mean- Wow. For now, it would kind of put her up there. That does help us, Doug. They did recruit young, (laughs) especially in the later years when uh, they were having trouble, or not trouble, but it got harder to recruit people as it became more baseball and less softball. Mm -hmm. Right. Nalda Bird. Oh, my goodness. Nalda Bird. I was completely wrong on who helped her write the victory song, which is what it's officially known as. The victory song. Yeah. But a lot of times you'll see, you know, the official song, you know, named victory yeah, song. Yeah. But yeah, this movie is what really popularized it. I mean, they'd written, there's a bunch of girls. Evelyn was not the only one running around with a ukulele. But <laughs> <laughs> this became kind of the go-to. It does say she was the co-author with, you were right, LaVon Prairie Davis, Perry. Yeah, Perry Davis. I always want to say Prairie when I say Prepare. <laughs> I didn't realize this. This was the official song. You know, seeing seeing this movie all the all these years, I I just kind of thought it was made for the movie. But yeah, no, silly it's not, name. And the last line: "We're all for one. We're one for all." You see on league stuff all the time. Hmm. There have been a lot of people who were offered. Oh, now I don't remember who it was or even exactly what it was, but there was some like outstanding Canadian women in sport hall thing. And they approached someone who'd played in the league and said, "You are a pioneer. You played in the league. We want you in." And she said, "We go in as a group. Like oh, wow. if you want to honor, wow. if you want to honor the league, that's awesome. I'll, uh, let's throw a party." I'm in, but you can't just list me. You right. have to acknowledge the le- like that this was a bunch of us. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, you know, you, you go in with that that kind of mentality and you stick to it. That's I mean, it's rare too <laughs> these days, you know, <laughs> to see that kind of stick togetherness. It's really lovely. I love this scene that popularized it. I love that Penny Marshall specifically did not want Madonna singing lead on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, she's going to sing it, but this is not Madonna's song. Like, this is everyone's song. I love that you can see, like, Dottie's kind of reluctant, but it's like, I guess we're singing. I'm not really in the <laughs> mood, guys. <laughs> is this the first time we hear it? This is the first time mm-hmm. we hear it. I'm pretty sure, I, you know, we might have heard like a few notes of Evelyn working on it, mm-hmm. but this is definitely the first time we hear it. We hear the whole song and something I learned listening to the commentary, not only just about Penny and Madonna, but uh, this was the first week of filming. Oh, was it? So this is kind of a uh, big <laughs> lead off for the movie. <laughs> yeah, to have everybody seem like they're all together. I mean, I'm sure after a few weeks of filming, the girls all had a stronger bond than <laughs> right off the bat. But they seem like they're all together here. Yeah, they're doing good. And I love Stillwell sneaking Covering his eyes. I know, yeah. <laughs> the most blatant not covering his eyes ever. I know, Stillwell be cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, it's 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 in a moment, but when uh, 
when Jimmy says, like, get that kid. I don't know what he's doing, but get him away from yeah. the tape. And I have to say, I don't know, Doug, if you know this, but I live with a two-year-old. And that uh-huh. look that Stillwell gives him as he just completely continues playing yeah. with the tape. That's right. It went, like, deep into my chest. And I was like, <gasps> You know that look well. No regard. No mm. regard for the grown-up. <laughs> no. I, I have two sons myself, so I, I know that look well myself. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't like, you know, he was being malicious about it. He was like, yeah. what? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> playing with this that's, toy over here. That's how they get you, Doug. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's too late for me. My boys are, are eight and 10. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, I love that. He's just like, what? Why are you yelling? That, that, you know what it is? That look is like, why are you yelling at uh-huh. me? Yeah. yeah what, what am exactly. I doing wrong? <laughs> So yeah, this is a good Stillwell scene. And it's so frustrating because Jimmy is kind of perfectly Jimmy, but I hate him slapping Miss Cuthbert's butt so oh, yeah. much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I do like her calling like him calling her the big stacker. <gasps> oh, big I stack really, of you gorgeous stack of pancakes, you. <laughs> In a loving relationship, that would be the best line ever. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to fit that one in. Gorgeous stack of pancakes. <laughs> it's so heartfelt. And I love getting back to him being gross. I love that he's like, I was reading my contract on the toilet. And it turns out. <laughs> Like, <laughs> every why? line, every line he has, every line delivery is is perfect. The comedy is on point. This this was this was his bridge, wasn't it? Between mm-hmm. you know comedy and drama acting. Like I think it's got both components here in this movie. But like he he came. Hold on a second. I have his IMD page up. What did he do right before this? Uh, well, I know Joe versus Volcano came out in 1990, and I can tell you yes. quite a bit about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know that very personally, don't you? I only did 102 episodes about it. <laughs> uh, Bonfire of the Vanities? Was yeah, that, that didn't that a, uh... go well. <laughs> was that a comedy? I don't, I don't even know that one. I have not seen the movie, but I read the book mm-hmm. preparatory to watching the movie to laugh at it. Is okay. how I was sold on the proposition. And uh, the book isn't a comedy. It's might be called a satire of the uber rich in New York in the 80s. Okay. I think it's the best way to say okay. it. But um, I-, I cannot imagine Tom Hanks in that role whatsoever. I mean, he's supposed to be playing like a smarmy one percenter. Well, so okay. All right. <laughs> I don't. I mean, satire in its own right is, you know, has some comedy, uh, comedy bones to it. Yeah, I'm sure there are moments, but that's not the gist. <laughs> right, right, right. But check this out. He came off a dragnet, big punchline, the burbs, Turner and Hooch, Joe versus a volcano. So he was right in the thick of his, you know, his his comedy streak. And he was not far removed from wearing fake boobs. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, on right. television. <laughs> on television. <laughs> I, I know that it. doesn't go that far back, believe it or not. So it, he is absolutely fantastic. And I like the way he turns on a dime. I was like, do we forgive Jimmy's treatment of Miss Cuthbert mm-hmm. because he kicks the delivery, the telegram guy out of the room and is like, yeah. F you, buddy, I'm handling this. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a person in their right mind that wouldn't have grabbed the telegram and thrown this guy out. Like he, yeah. he's got for somebody whose whose job is, it is to deliver bad news. Like he really does it with no compassion or tact. Exactly. He was fired after this, right? I hope so. You know what? I, I was wondering if he's done hundreds of these. If he's had to deliver hundreds of these messages, so he kind of gotten callous to it over the months or however long he's been doing it. 
I don't know. He's just a jerk, though. Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst. The actor is not because the actor is Robert Stanton, who's not a household name like Tom Hanks. Probably mm-hmm. didn't think anything of it. Do you know what his other like known for role is? There aren't many. He's I, the I, dad in the Dennis the Menace movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to see his face again. The Dennis the Menace movie. I watched that movie a lot. Is it really? God, constantly. He's married to Leah Thompson. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. So that was delightful to discover. So I'm glad he went on to uh, better roles where he's like, I, I get why they have to, because you have to get this information across. But like in real life, not only would no one in their right mind not grab the telegram and kick him out of the room, but Miss Cuthbert like is beating him mm-hmm. on the other side of this door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine in, you know, as part of my job description, I once in a while have to have to uh, make a death notification to family members. And one of the the keys to to delivering a sad news like that is is all in the delivery. It's how you how mm. you approach the people and how your uh, your tone of voice and your compassion, you know, they want to know that you're just not some piece of cardboard that's giving them this terrible life-altering news. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. It, you know, not not that there's like extensive training that goes along with it it's just called being a human being oh yeah exactly (laughs) and imagine that there are people that don't even know how to do that these days (laughs) i'm shocked (laughs) (laughs) i just realized i know your day job but our listeners don't so before they like panic that you're some horrible time-traveled western (laughs) union telegram boy (laughs) i'm a a sergeant with a police department here in new jersey so you're having a Fun. Super fun spring. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, <laughs> totally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing Nothing's out of the really happening, right? <laughs> nope. Status quo. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stay callous for now because otherwise, as soon as as soon as Tracy Ryder starts crying, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does Dottie have her wedding ring on a chain? Because it looks and like I that's what that she's too. fiddling with. Yeah, what she's if it's a cross or if Oh, and she's yeah. Oh, I was trying to But it looks so Betty has a cross, and I realized it's so funny. Once I noticed this, uh, I couldn't stop noticing it. Yeah. These girls are wearing so much jewelry. And like freshman softball in suburban hmm. Connecticut, the first thing was like, you don't wear jewelry on the field. I don't care yeah. what it is. You I think don't especially wear rings. Yeah, and I wondered if it's because Dottie's a catcher that the others might have oh, a would, ring on, but she wouldn't. Yeah, because I would think, especially as a catcher, that would be dangerous. Yeah. You, know, you, you could get a better look at it at like 2.51, 2 minutes, 51 seconds. I can't, uh, I can't really tell Because when it's hanging back down. Oh, that's a ring. It looks like it, doesn't it? She's yeah. wearing them later when she's not in uniform. Hmm. But I wonder if she takes them off and puts them on a chain. Like I know, um, I know a bunch of drummers who do that, like or um, professional athletes who are just like, I can't have a ring. I, I mean, mine's all scratched up because I learned the hard way. Like, hey, you know, weight lifting weights doesn't really work oh, <laughs> right. when you have a ring on. Yeah. It's right. kind of awful. <laughs> so I want to believe that Dottie, being the star catcher that she is and the be- the hard hitter that she is, was like, you know what? I'm not wearing this while I'm playing. <laughs> I'd, st- I'd still be weary about putting, like, like a chain can break. Oh, I'd be weary yeah. about putting it around my neck, especially like a wedding ring or an engagement ring. You're yeah. talking diamonds. 
But yeah, she's she's worrying that I tried so hard to figure out which of the players it is that runs out to get Miss Cuthbert because to me she is the hero of the scene. Like mm. because they show at first they show a bunch of girls in a row who either aren't married or Evelyn's husbands. Huh? You know we know yeah. they're we know they're they're sad, but they're not worried. They're not sad for themselves. They're sad for the circumstances and the wherewithal of one of those girls to run out and get Miss Cuthbert. Just yeah. really, it was like. Good job. And it's not something you immediately notice. It was mm-hmm. like on the second or third like watch through, you really have to like, because you see her and you can hear her r- run out and go, Miss Cuthbert, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's number 41. Yeah. Okay. I know I was trying to figure. So I, I don't know who was wearing number 41, but something to look out for. Yeah. I like that. And the way that like Alice... I assume that she's married also. I, I she just she, has that look or kind of. I think you know, she, she is because I think she's the one that said, uh, someone says Ernie and it sounds like her. Okay. So I think she's married too. Hmm. But yeah, of course, it, it it's one of those beautiful things when they're singing the song, you don't think about it. The fact that like all the married girls are in a row kind of. But yeah. it sets it up perfectly for this part of the scene. You know, it seems like a like a movie trope where everybody's kind of happy. You know, they just sing the song. Jimmy's oh, yeah. reading his contract on a toilet. They're making jokes about the head being three feet above <laughs> your ass. <laughs> yep. Right before the, the, the bad thing comes in. And it's it's like, you know, everybody was too happy. And it's like, oh, does something's going to change here. Everybody's too happy, you know. And I always feel bad, like, that moment before he gives a telegram to whomever lost their husband, like, mm-hmm. both Dottie and Betty are, you know, sitting side by side. And Betty kind of gives a look over to Dottie. And it's kind of like one of those, you know, they're Who's kind of together. Yeah. But she's kind of like, please, you know, she, and it's one of those things you probably feel horrible thinking, but it's like, please, not not me. Like, not today. Yeah. Not me. And look at the, the difference in their faces, too. Like, Dottie's, Dottie's got, you know, she's almost expecting that it's her but she's got yeah. her her strong face on and betty's just already about to crumble yeah. like at two 256 i'm looking at their faces she's almost like daddy's almost like resigned like okay yeah. brace yourself yeah this is it mm-hmm. heartbreaking though but just the immediate fall like oh it's just mm-hmm. how would you go i mean any of the players it would just be that would just knock the whole team for a loop the whole game you know it's like yeah, how do you yeah. how do you just go go on well, you could ask the chicks, where were they? I'm blanking on the town, but uh, this happened to a catcher in 44. Mickey McGuire, who is actually Dorothy McGuire, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. was married to Tom McGuire, who was reported killed in action. Her mom called her, and it was right before a game, and she said, basically, don't tell anyone. Oh and afterwards... When they were like doing their little, you know, wrap up of the game, she was like, yeah, I just got. So that was June 10th, 1944. She played in a game the night that she was told her husband was. All right. Now, did you notice my very careful wording of how her husband had been reported killed in action? Mm -hmm. He wasn't really, was he? He wasn't. She got a letter in August. He was alive. Wow. Oh, my God. Came home and said, well, you're going to quit baseball now, right? (laughs) And she said, 
I don't think so. They ended up divorcing. She played in the league until 1949. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and remarried someone else in that time. So it's not like, oh, being married is what got, like, she was just like, mm, you're not the guy for me, apparently. <laughs> Holy but, cow. But yeah, for that, it, that was June 10th. She it was the game. And it wasn't until August that she heard from him. And then was like, Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, oh, man. right. <laughs> What a roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Mickey McGuire is amazing. She was just absolutely phenomenal. And they say, no one will say for certain, because again, the one for all, all for one, mm-hmm. they think her swing is the inspiration for the woman at Bat Statue at Cooperstown, New oh, York, okay. outside the Hall of Fame. Wow. There's an absolutely cool one. And people have like kind of like studied the batting stance and been like, oh, huh. that might be Mickey McGuire. <laughs> and if she quit baseball because of her husband, who knows who it could be? Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> And her photo, uh, the other trivia I found related to her is that her photo appears in the booklet for Molly the American Girl doll. I oh, love, wow. oh, she was I one of my favorites. I Molly. Mm. <laughs> so that was just a little like, yeah, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> and her actual name was Dorothy. And so her official name if you're looking for a player profile, you'll find her under Dorothy Chapman because hmm. that was her married name after that. But there were so many Dorothys, though. They all uh, had yeah. nicknames. <laughs> yeah. Was that the name back then? Was that a, that yeah. popular of a name? Apparently, it was super popular. And it only for a little while it got more popular because a wizard of because <laughs> of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, but a lot of these sense. girls would have come out b- before the movie. Yeah. So and a lot of these girls, a lot of these women were born. God, that was terrible wording. <laughs> come out. <laughs> a lot of these girls came out. <laughs> All these dotties appeared. It was weird. <laughs> But no Elmira Gulches, no Elmiras. Ugh. Poor Miss Gulch. No Elmiras. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the only other note that I could handle making for this one was that, because uh, I had written down my notes, like, Tracy Reiner makes us all cry. Yes. And then in the commentary, they're talking about, like, even Rosie O'Donnell was crying. And she's like, I never cry. <laughs> she does. Oh, wow. I noticed that, yeah, because I just, watching it, it's like, you literally can see a literal tear fall off her face mm-hmm. right after Betty gets the news. Yeah, and- I wondered how real that was. I know. And it seems pretty. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she did a very good job either way. Yeah, everybody's heart goes out to their teammate. Yeah. But they still have a job to do, right? Oh, they still got to go out and play. Still a game to play. And then this is what Penny Marshall calls the unconscionable cut, which I disagree with entirely because uh, we cut to Dottie crying in her room. And in Penny Marshall's mind, Dottie is not crying because she's thinking about Bob. Something completely different has happened in a whole deleted scene that's like 20 minutes and this whole other storyline and Marla's back and it's a whole thing. Mm. And she thinks it's awful that we lost all that. And Dottie is crying because of her, you know, it's supposed to show Dottie softening, not that she's crying over her husband. And it's just like. Penny, you're a genius. I love you, <laughs> but you're wrong. Yeah. This makes perfect sense, and everyone in the world understands it oh, but yeah. you. <laughs> well, it's that moment, like she was, and you could see it in her face when she thought she was going to get the telegram. She was being strong. She was being going to be strong for her team, strong for her teammates. And then, you know, after all is said and done, the game's over. Then she goes back in, into her private quarters. Only then can she break down when she's oh, alone. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's That's perfect. How I it. It's yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah. And she didn't like the cut here? 
There's a whole subplot where this scene happens halfway through the World Series and they've been playing Racine and Marla's playing for Racine and Marla's secretly pregnant and Dottie misses a sign because she's fighting with Jimmy because of their kiss and she plows into Marla and Marla gets carted off to the hospital and maybe she killed Marla's unborn baby and that's right. She gets a call and Marla and the baby are okay and that's why she's crying. I'm just like... I forgot Penny, that was right wrong. here because I had watched that and I forgot that was right here. It makes no sense. I hate I'm, that this supposedly happens after the World Series has begun. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, just the whole Marla. I mean, I I mean, I was glad to see Marla again, but but I didn't like the Yeah. I mean, I was happy for that she was expecting, but I I was like that that didn't need to figure in at I yeah. I yeah. that was one I I agreed with the The only thing cut. that yeah, I still agree with the cut. I wouldn't have minded if someone else cuz I I would love to see Marla again, but Oh yeah, yeah. Um there are some really great stories of players hiding pregnancy while playing and like teammates kind of covering for them and being like, yeah. "I think you should be in the outfield today." Yeah. <laughs> like, no kidding. And then um pitchers pitching and like it does sound kind of like the situation in this movie where it's like all the teammates would know, but like no one else. Man. And there's a really great story of um Someone who pitched into like her second trimester Jeez. and she came off the mound and she just was like, yep, this was the day. And she just literally walked up to her manager who did know by that point and was like, <laughs> I'm retired. And, and she didn't just quit. Like she retired. She retired <laughs> right like then. at that game. They announced it at the wow. end of the game. And he's just like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> he'd just <laughs> been holding his breath for like two months at that point. Oh, it also man. seems like a risky, <laughs> a risky Very. kind of thing to play with, you know? Yeah. But multiple players did it. Hmm. So. Yeah, because in that cut scene, like, they all get, like, you know, they, they get very angry because, you know, they're like, didn't you see Evelyn? Like, she was frantically trying Waving to sign. you off. <laughs> and they're like, you know, does it really, does winning really mean that much to you, Dot? Like, I, I think it's, that scene also is kind of supposed to more cement into our minds that the game really does mean more to Dottie than she ever will admit. Hmm. I had a lot of questions about that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a pretty normal play. (laughs) Like, she's stealing second or sliding into... But, like, it's not anything totally unreasonable. And the reason she misses the sign is because Jimmy's coaching first base and she's in a fight (laughs) with Jimmy. Oh, because the whole kiss thing. Yeah, and she's trying to ignore everything and just watch the pitching. So she misses the sign like, hey, remember, don't hit Marla. Like, don't bash into Marla. (laughs) And that whole thing with her and Jimmy on, like, when he's... It's like, that's painful enough. And it's like, just... Come on, really? But that's the thing. It's not like it was a normal... I mean, I get that the whole point is the team doesn't buy it. They're like, oh, no, Dottie's the competitor. She saw the sign and ignored it. But, like, we know that's not what happened. Yeah. Also, I I heard that there was, or I read that there was a a, a plot line with her and Jimmy, like a like a love line, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad that was yeah. cut out. <laughs> yeah. So glad. Yeah. Like I said, the one thing that I am sad we lose from that is that when Jimmy kisses her and she pulls away and like storms off, what she says is she storms off says, "I thought you liked me." And I do kind of, like, I think that's an interesting sentiment of Mm -hmm. women and men who are friends, but it crosses a line. And and then her response to that is, I thought you, like, if you really liked me, you wouldn't have done that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you're the person who's in love, you're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought I thought that was interesting, but it's not worth having an entire storyline for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes away from really what the the backbone of the movie is. Yes. Yep. Well, I'm not going to let you get to the backbone of the movie, which is Jimmy and his trip to the World Series yet, because <laughs> I grew up with a massive crush on Bill Pullman and need really? to luxuriate in the scene. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't explain it. It just, there was Spaceballs and Independence Day oh, yeah. and this, and he was everywhere. And while you were sleeping, oh my God, have you seen While You Were Sleeping? It's real good. And he was the dad in Casper. I mean, it was just... Uh. I had a massive dad crush on Bill Pullman. Oh I don't know gosh, what was Casper. going on there, but I loved him <laughs> so much. <laughs> I saw movies because he was in them. <laughs> How do you feel about him in uniform? I'm very mad at myself for not looking up what uh, his rank and like what the different things mean. Because I'm sure there's a way to do that. I feel like a bad movies by minute podcaster. <laughs> I, I think they did say that. I mean, what he had on his uniform was pretty accurate with what he was, where he was supposed to be serving in Italy. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't, I did not research. Yeah, I, the I got it. He said he's wearing <laughs> the T patch of the 36th Division from Texas, which is consistent with Dottie telling Jimmy earlier what, that her husband was Italy because that's where the 36th Division was fought. Okay, or was fighting. So good job costuming. <laughs> Yeah, they, their attention to detail in this is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And they just, they both look so good in this movie. I mean, the whole point is that they both look so good, which is adorable. And I love it so much. But I did love uh, Penny Marshall's reasoning for casting Bill Pullman. She's like, I needed someone tall because Gene is tall. Yeah, yeah that's, I actually exactly. looked it up. <laughs> Because she, yeah. they're like the, uh, almost exactly the same height, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's six feet tall. He was six two from what I found. And she's, you know, wearing a nightgown. She could be oh barefoot. Oh my gosh, a nightgown. Mm-hmm. Oh, she looks it's so just, good. It's amazing to think. I mean, because it's like nowadays, it's like, oh, you just put whatever on and you go to bed. <laughs> it's like you <laughs> When you go to bed? I'm not wearing my pajamas from this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, back in the day when yeah, yeah. you wore other clothes. Besides. When the world was normal. When the world was normal. <laughs> when the world was normal. I know. There's like some days it's like, oh, I wear running clothes and then I change into like loungy clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's about and it. That's it. <laughs> I think my favorite was I recently did laundry and I had to put on my jeans because all my sweatpants and pajama pants were in the yeah, wash. Yeah. And I was like, laundry day has changed. <laughs> there was one week where i was like we're done with laundry already i'm like we had like zero amount of work clothes that we had to wash it was like wow yeah no my thing i always met i mean don't get me wrong the old-fashioned nightgowns are absolutely beautiful yeah i love them my thing that i would like to master from old-timey bed routines is keeping a bathrobe on the end of your bed Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that you can put it on right away in the morning when it's cold. Oh, yeah. If you watch like the Dick Van Dyke show and stuff like that, they always have a bathrobe across the end of their bed. And I've never been able to do it without like kicking it off in my sleep I know. or something. <laughs> then you get up in the morning, you're like, where did I kick it to? <laughs> it's somewhere here, I swear. <laughs> I always wanted to be a bathrobe person, but it's never, it never worked out. Like it just seems like too much of a hassle. It's a shame. They do look very comfortable. Yeah, especially when they have pockets. Yeah. Pockets. Good bathrobe with a couple deep pockets is a good time. (laughs) It's a good time. You really know how to party, don't you? Well, now is the time to to revive that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be your work clothes now. Yes. Casual and formal robes. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> I love the line when she's like, can we just hold each other for the rest of our Aww. lives? It's that so breaks sweet. your heart because, you know, you know, from the beginning in the beginning of the movie, like he he's passed away since. But so they it's like, did. Oh, yeah, they His did. His plan was they really told her. Did. Yeah. And, and to think like right before this, I mean, in our minds, I, I don't care about the deleted scene, but she was <laughs> she was crying because she thought that she was going to lose him forever. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in the war. So her saying that is like extra, like she's just, it's just so, she's so relieved that he's home and he's safe. It's one of those things. I get the impulse that we're going to see revealed in the next scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of get it where she's just like, I'm just never going to let you out of my sight again. Oh, okay? yeah. <laughs> when I love the way he, like when she's getting the stuff off the bed for him to sit down, the way he looks at her and then daddy's like, oh, I, I look terrible. And it's like, come on. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror lately? You look the total opposite of terrible. Okay, sure, Dottie. (laughs) She's about to go to bed. Her hair is perfect. Makeup is perfect. Yeah. But just the way he looks at her, and then she says that, and he's like, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's like, oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We go from like the perfection of their reunion to the perfection of Jimmy screaming, why am I the only one on this bus? And it's so, it's so well done. It is the perfect comedy timing. Like the editor just outdid themselves with that (laughs) cut because- it is one of the best things in the world. And I was thinking after watching that, I'm like, I can t- really kind of relate with him because sometimes, you know, when you want to go somewhere and you're like, okay, you're all ready and you're like, we just got to go get there. And it's like, yeah. you're like that with every, you're like, come on, just get in. Let's go. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. The impatient guy. Yeah. I he has a different insult for like every girl as she passes him. <laughs> Yeah, but he here he he, he, see. I don't know if they if they like did this on purpose, but the whole joke that women are always always running late. Mm. But it's like the impatient husband waiting for for his fifteen wives (laughs) (laughs) to hurry up and let's go. I just love let's not go without Stillwell's toys. Oh no, let's not go to the World Series without Stillwell's toys. I can't tell you how many times, regardless of what the person's doing, I've gone. Alex, where you live. But she's the only one that has something to say back to him. Yeah, she does. (laughs) And all she does is like, Jimmy, don't yell at me. It's bad luck. It's bad luck. And what was this, Shirley, when he's like, if you think you could do it without the batting practice, think again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like insulting her for being late, and she's hitting crappy. (laughs) And all of them running out with their suitcases. I did love hearing Megan Kavanaugh waxing poetic in the commentary that she had wanted to buy this house. Apparently it was for sale when they were filming. She's like, it could have been mine. (laughs) Yeah, it was like 60 grand, I think I read. (laughs) Yes. I think she should have for the reunions alone. (laughs) Then we get one of like one of my favorite (laughs) the baseball autograph. Oh. (laughs) The victory scrap drive, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's um, begrudgingly, he, you know, the kids ask for, for an autograph. He's like, sure, because he's still irritated at the women. He's still, yeah. So he's like, sure. Like, he begrudgingly gives him a, a, an autograph. And what does it say? Yeah. Don't they, don't they run up to like, are you Jimmy Dugan? What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. What is Jimmy Dugan's baseball autograph go to? <laughs> go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> We're going to make her say it. Yes, we yeah, are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I just, what did I even think this meant as a child? I know, that's the thing I was trying to imagine when I watched it. What was this, 1990? 1992. 1992, I was 
14. So did I know what the clap was? <laughs> I don't know. I might have asked my dad what it meant. I hope I did. We're still waiting on Rachel. Rachel, I what is this? Oh, come on. He says, I just want to make sure I don't flub the words. <laughs> Sorry, Tierney will edit around all this. No one flubs lines on my podcast. <laughs> Unless it's funnier that way. <laughs> so how, how old do we think these kids are? Let's let's uh, you know set this up a little bit better. Uh, Ten I, I know, yeah, 12. I know how old one of the actors was. Okay, okay. I'd say because like, yeah. one of the actors has a date, a birth date list in IMDb, and he would have been twelve when oh, this okay. came out. So like eleven oh. filming this. Okay, all right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, it's it's Brian Flannery and Stephen Feigley. They're local Evansville, Chicago guys. Are they autograph kids? What what's their credit? They're, they're uh, autograph seeker one and two. I want to say. Autograph kids. Shoot, I didn't write it down. I wrote mm-hmm. them down as Victory Scrap Drive Boys because my yeah. grandmother yeah. was running around a different part of the country doing the exact same thing. I had to do an oral history report on her and her cousin during World War II oh, when I was cool. a history major. Oh, wow. And she talks about doing these scrap drives, like taking their mm-hmm. wagon around, huh. going door to door. And so knowing that like <laughs> she, in a, in a different part of the country these kids are on the same level <laughs> and and knowing my grandmother said too she probably would have been like wow <laughs> to the autograph of avoid the clap jimmy dugan <laughs> that's good advice like it's nothing but he yeah. doesn't even think about it before he writes it on the ball too. He's like that still was so angry. Like what? What angry yeah. thing can I write that? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way as they leave, he goes, "That's good advice." I know, I love that. <laughs> That's good advice. I wonder if these kids would go to like reunions of this if they would sign autographs as if they would use avoid the clap. Oh my god! Of, uh... Did you hear the story of Penny Marshall running into one of these kids? No. Years later, so he didn't look like this anymore. Uh-huh. And he just came over. He's like, "I'm the clap kid." Oh, <laughs> she was like, Wait, "What? The clap kid? Did you follow the advice, kid?" <laughs> <laughs> it was good advice. It was. <laughs> oh man! But I kind of get in this scene where he's so pissed off. First, he lost Marla, his best hitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His his him still a drunkard admitting our best hitter. Lost Marla to marriage. And now I do think it's kind of, first of all, legally, a player could not have done this. Yeah. They were under contract, yeah. for God's sake. True. You can't just decide to go home. And then our plan is to drive from <laughs> Illinois to Oregon. Which I had a question with because they have... And I didn't research what exactly the intricacies of the ration stamp were. Oh, you want to know how many gallons per week? Because I got it. Yeah, because I'm like, (laughs) I don't think you can just, that that would be a very lengthy trip back Mm -hmm. with the gas rationing. It is a very lengthy trip back. It makes no sense. I just love, she's like, her plan is just to yell, good luck in the World Series and leave. That's insane to me. And the way Jimmy reacts. D- did she tell him at all before? No. Or is this is he finding out right she now? She's just going. She's that is fleeing insane. the coop. <laughs> she is the worst professional athlete. <laughs> you can't do that. They at least yeah. should have gotten up like way earlier and been gone. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, right. If she's gonna sneak out like that. Yeah. But yeah, before we let uh, Doug unleash, I will really quickly nerd out about gas rationing. So they have an A sticker. When they drive off, you see in the windshield of their car, above the passenger side, a little sticker. There were all sorts of letters. A was for the general public, 
and it entitled you to three gallons per week. So she wow. ain't getting to Oregon. Three gallons per week. I don't know what mileage that car gets, but she's not going I know. Home. I was, was going to look that up too, but I'm like, I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> and then also the speed limit was 35 miles everywhere because the idea was And if you had more than five tires, because when you applied for rationing, you had to say, I need a gas ration card and sticker, and I don't have more than five tires, and they would actually confiscate more than that, because while there was a gas shortage, much more sustained and problematic was the rubber shortage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the idea was to have as few cars on the road as possible. And so it was actually, I mean... Other than for a brief period in 44, it was more about saving the rubber than the gas. So you had A was three gallons per week. B was for business owners and basically people carpooling, Hmm. eight gallons a week. C was professional. Maybe C was eight gallons. Uh, Professional. And you actually, there was a list underneath and you checked off what your job was. And that was for doctors, nurses, dentists, priests, mail delivery people. Uh, Basically, if you had a job where you were going to have official business and drive and you would check it off. And they actually said, what I was reading said, C was actually way more common because everyone who had a job like that had to get a sticker. Whereas some people Hmm. were just like, well, we have one car, like it's fine. You saw the Cs all the time, but since you literally checked off what your job was, most of those people scraped them off the minute rationing (laughs) and it didn't have to be on there because it made their cars super conspicuous. And then M for motorcycles, for air raid wardens, Western Union messengers, <clears throat> Robert Stan, <laughs> uh, T for trucks. These were unlimited, by the way. T for trucks, E for emergency vehicles, R for non-highway, mostly farm vehicles, mm. and X for special high mileage, aka VIPs, mostly traveling salesmen. Wow. You really did your homework on these. <laughs> And the stupid thing is, I went through all that. They would have just been getting on a train in Chicago. How did she get here? Just get on the train back. <laughs> yeah. Bob showed up in his 1920s Ford Model T. <laughs> I nerded out and then literally my only note for the whole beautiful monologue. Ama- I guess it isn't truly a monologue, but everything that is to come is my continued frustration that you cannot out of contact say, the heart is what makes it great because hmm. we are all children. <laughs> you can't put that as your high school quote in the yearbook. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't. You can't put that as your twin, p- your pin tweet on Twitter. No. <laughs> it's a shame too because it is. It's such a good line. It yeah. is a great line. In context, it's a great line. Out of context, you really can, you can have some fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it loses a little of its oomph when it's not Tom Hanks saying it in this moment. <laughs> he he like he gets really um like protective over the game of baseball in this yeah. in this monologue. Like she's she's kind of poo-pooing it, you know, saying like, you know, you're wrong. I'm not a ball player. And and he, you know, you can see the regret when he tells her that mm-hmm. he gave away 5 years at the end of his career to drinking. Yeah. And there isn't anything I would give to get it back any one day of it. And that's, that's, um, I don't know if the filmmakers were making an obvious nod, but Mickey Mantle was probably the most famous alcoholic, you know, great player to ever live. He had competition, but there's an argument to be made. (laughs) I know there was, there was a lot. It was very common back (laughs) then, but he was 
he, he was widely known as one of the greatest players of all time. And he, he was a just a, a raging alcoholic. And he his career ended largely due to a knee injury, which also Jimmy, uh, you know, he, he makes comments about his bad knees. I'm sorry. I have to say a personal story because I love it so much. My favorite memory from being pregnant was the hormones. I was reading a book about <laughs> Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle. It was a dual biography. And I, my husband came in. I was just crying hysterically. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Mickey's knees hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, put down the book. <laughs> and you were really feeling it. You were feeling poor yeah, Mickey's pain. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best unreasonable crying while pregnant story. <laughs> so anyway, I'm so sorry, but I had to no, interject that into the universe. <laughs> I can't talk about Mickey Mantle's knees without tearing right. up. <laughs> <laughs> you got shell shocked. That's okay. That's right. <sighs> but see, I was, uh, I grew up playing baseball myself, you know, little league, high school, college, like all, all that. And even well into my thirties too, I was playing in uh, men's leagues and it was like, I feel Jimmy here. Jimmy, he says right here, he goes, baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. And I didn't even come close to playing on any kind of professional level. But in my really early twenties, like 21, 22 years old, uh, me and my friends had a beach house here in New Jersey where I would spend weekends but I had baseball games every Sunday morning. So I would go down to the beach, Friday, get drunk, Saturday, get drunk, but I would never fail to wake up early Sunday morning and drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to my baseball games. I, I never missed one because like, I really genuinely loved playing. And, and she says, you know, here she says it, it got too hard. And that's when he gets really like, really intense, you know, really like, He's he's about to defend baseball to her, and I think he does it so perfectly and beautifully when he says it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. Exactly. The hard is what. Yeah, so do I. So he obviously has passion for the game, even though you know in his playing years he might not have taken it as seriously as he should have. But there, I, I don't know what it is about baseball. Like you talk to or you see uh, interviews with pros, and it's like the the players really feel deeply about the game, and I don't know if it's yeah. is it. Maybe I, I don't know. Baseball is really the only sport that I that I love, so I, I don't really see others other uh, pros talk about their sport that way. When I kind of on a different sport, kind of like I I'm a runner. I mean, I'm not like mm-hmm. super super good. I mean, I can, but I can kind of get with that the level that he's on as well because okay, it just it's one of the. I mean, some people you know are like you know I just. I know I hate it and I tried it and I know it's not my, me, but it's just with me. It's just like, it does get in you, in your blood. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things. Like I, like, you know, it, there's days where, you know, it's like, I don't, I dread the day where I have to be like, okay, I have to hang up my shoes because, you know, either my body can't take it anymore or, and it just, because I remember after my first half marathon, my parents had come to watch. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, my mom's like, I, she had, she's like, I have a question. She's like, I'm not asking this in like a mean way or anything, but she, she's like, you know, watching everybody finish, there's people coming in, their faces are just all red and sweaty and, you know, they're just so, they come in and they are just so exhausted and almost collapsing. She's like, what makes you, like, why do you do it? Why do you run? And to Mm -hmm. this day, I think about it, I'm like, I can't tell you. I don't know. Like, there's no one reason that I do what I do. 
It's just inside you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's all that matters then. Yeah. I tell you, it was, you say you're not looking forward to the day you got to hang up your shoes, but I remember the day I had to stop playing and it it killed me to make that decision. Yeah. You know, but I have my my son, he's he's about to turn 10 years old and he's he's a, uh, you know, real really into baseball and I coach oh, his good. team and everything. So, he doesn't ever have to ask me twice to go out and play catch or anything like that. Like, oh, I, you know, yeah. it's it's wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. I wasn't going to make it about me. I was going to let you have that, but I will warn you so since we started, Rachel and I bonded because we were like, oh, we got all this stuff and we both run and isn't that great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was taking a little break because, you know, I was getting pregnant and having a baby and all that stuff. And I was planning to get back to it. And uh, just working with my doctor over the past couple of years, I had to accept that I'm probably never going to be able to run a half marathon again. Uh. And I was talking about like, maybe someday doing a mar- like I, I wasn't quite ready to say, oh, I'm going to do a marathon someday. But yeah. I bet you could have talked me into it. And like the Philly one has that cool bell medal. And oh, I cool. ran for the cool medals. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> but I definitely wanted to get back to I actually signed up for um, it was supposed to be this past this past year, it was a 5K around this time last year. I did that. And then it was a 10K in June. And then you did a half in October. And I couldn't run that half. I did the 5K and was just like, all right, this is a lot harder than it used to be. But that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I had oh, a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had a C-section the whole nine yards. Wow. So like, and then I ran that 10K. And the first time I sat down after the 10K, I screamed in pain so much that people came running over mm. to see if I was okay. Mm. And I was, it, it worked out. I'm fi- like, people who have the scar tissue problems that I've had, some of them can't lift their kids and I would wow. lose my mind. Like, it does not affect me in my day to day. It affects me when I do long distance running. And you know what mm-hmm. you, you don't have to do to like mm. live is long distance running. So I'm building yeah. back up. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm built, but like I am yeah. now building back up to 5Ks. I am now oh, like man. barely able to make my body do a 5K. And I have like my wall of metals all hanging up and my bibs. And it's just that first, and the day I, I cried on the day that was supposed to be my half marathon. And wow. I was just home with my kid. I cried so hard because I was just like, I was supposed to be doing it today. And I just, there was no way. And it was so weird because it was one of those like, I don't know if you ran into this with baseball, but like, you kind of know you can't do what you used to do, but you convince yourself mm. like, uh-huh. oh, but this <laughs> this slightly less thing will scratch the edge. It'll be fine. It'll yeah. be the same. And well, I can't do that, but I'll, I'll do this instead. That's kind of the same thing. And then it, yeah. it took like, it took probably six months for me to be like, oh, that's that's in the past. That's something I used to do that I don't anymore. You know, it, it was. I know that like the the kind of the process that I went through too, because like I, I probably played longer than my body was able to, and I, I was it's, the thing was I was a catcher my whole life. Oh wow! It, it's funny too, I, and just like Dottie, I, I was a catcher and I wore number eight. So, so I, I really had a, had a connection with Dottie all you know all throughout my life, like through high school, like from my first mm-hmm. day of playing little league. You know, so you're talking like 20 years of of catching. You know, not not 162 games a year like the pros do, but it still <laughs> took took a, a toll on my body. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was hard enough to realize that I can't catch anymore. So I'm going to play a different position. So I'm standing in the field watching somebody else catch, and that was hard. And then I went from that, like I was playing first base, outfield, you know, wherever I could I could fit in. And uh, I I even came home after the games of playing, you know, left field, feeling like 
garbage. Like my body was just run down and quitting on me. So I, I just had to say, you know, if I'm going to be able to walk <laughs> and uh, yeah. be able to play with my children when I get yep. older, I, I have to stop. So that was tough. And this is such BS because that none of that is happening to Dottie. <laughs> I know. She's, yeah. she's really like, you know, she has the gift and she's, I will, yeah. I will give it to Gina Davis. She does convey well that like Dottie is so uncomfortable. On some level, Dottie knows she is mm-hmm. taking the, Jimmy is right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the whole thing, just like, it got hard. It's like, well, yeah, but yeah. what do you mean? Did it get that much harder like, than it was t- before this? Yeah, what changed? Yeah, like, what was it that got hard? I, I don't like, know if it was a kit. Between or yesterday like- and today. No, the real reason, and he nails it, is that Bob came back. And I love mm-hmm. his line. Like, look, if you want to go home and make a hundred babies oh, yeah. or whatever yeah. the line is. <laughs> He's like, that's fine. <laughs> well, and the thing too is like, I'm sure if daddy's like, oh, hey, you know, we're almost, you know, we're on the verge of the world, going to the World Series, he'd probably be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We'll just go yeah. home afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah. I, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Cool, I'm going to get to see my sister-in-law. Awesome. Yeah. I've missed her I too. i to see my like, wife play baseball. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see, I mean- I, I've waxed poetic over Bill Pullman already, but we're about to see fairly soon in this movie that Bob is actually like the greatest husband ever. Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. supportive. Oh. Yeah. So supportive. And if she told him, this is really important to me, We've I've come this far with my teammates, you know, just let me go a little bit farther. Of course he would have been like, yeah, let's let's do it. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Does Bob know they're going to the World Series? I was, feel like he would be like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, no, that's right. what I was going to say. If he knew how hard they, you know, how important it was to everyone, he'd be like, no, we're not going home. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> like, how much does he actually know? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Well, they've only got three gallons, so. <laughs> when I guess, spoiler alert for upcoming innings, but they. It's all good. We talk about Dottie dropping the ball on like oh, yeah, an everyday basis. True. So. <laughs> Like when spoiled everything. When it's revealed that, you know, she does come back. Mm-hmm. And I always just wonder about the whole timing. I mean, I know movie magic, but they say, or she's like, oh, Bob and I, I believe she says they made it to Yellowstone and they mm-hmm. turned back. So I'm like, but. How? Like, how did you? <laughs> They're you going sightseeing. It's like thirty. Like, how do you make it back in time? Uh, yeah, uh, to show up like it. Yeah, you missed the first six, like six games. Days. Uh, Driving well. thirty-five miles an hour—that would take. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we'll chalk it up to movie magic. So much movie magic. It's really good. Now, I love that you not only caught, but were number eight. What's your overall uh, opinion of this movie in general? I mean, I know you were talking about how much you love this speech, Mm -hmm. but you're a fan in general? Yeah, I, I always have been a fan of this movie. Like the history behind it was was always interesting to me. You know, when I, I was 14 when this came out, so I didn't really, you know, care too much about the history back then. Um, but the more I learned about it o- over the years, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was fascinating how everything unfolded with the war going on. The, the movie in itself, like, is, is beautifully made. The uh, cinematography of it, the music, um, the acting, you know, th- I, this is far and away Tom, one of Tom Hanks' greatest roles. Because, like, he does that. He does that balancing act between like a comedy performance and like a good dramatic performance and uh i've always loved this movie yeah yeah it's it's the the baseball scenes in it are great you know as a kid that was important to me it's it's the baseball scenes you know yeah and it was you know it's it it keeps you it keeps you engaged from beginning to end yeah you really root for these girls and uh 
I'm trying to think what I usually say before I ask where people are from because I was like, what other movies you like, Doug? Do, do we ask him the the uh, question? Oh. Oh, should I have come prepared? Since we did mention it. Uh, no, because your heart will tell, your your heart heart will tell will. you what is true. <laughs> okay. Did Dottie drop the ball on purpose or by, like, not on purpose? <laughs> she, she dropped it on purpose. <gasps> I think it, I think it was more important for her to give that to Kit than it was for her. I mean, it, and it always bothered me because she ended up screwing over her own teammates. Yeah. But I think, you know, giving that to Kit was more important to her because she was going home to Bob. Kit was really like, what's she going home to? You yeah, know? Kit didn't want to go home. Yeah. So that's my official position on okay. that. <laughs> I, I, right. You don't agree? As someone who has been rammed into, you probably do have a better uh, understanding yeah. of that moment than we, than that's I true. do, at least. She, well, yeah. I mean, she also wouldn't have the ball in her bare hand either, you know? Like, you, usually, yeah. as, as a catcher, you're protecting the ball. So you catch the ball in your mitt and you cover it with your bare hand while it's closed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know... That's just me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very stubborn because until the advent of the internet and people debating it on Twitter and all that stuff, it never even occurred to me that she could have done it on purpose. So my brain refused. And it's so funny because doing this project, I've seen things earlier in the movie. I'm like, you know, I could see that being a hint. Hmm. I could see that leading people to believe that. But I still am like, but they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Your heart wants what your heart wants. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> I kind of took the opposite journey. I always just kind of assumed that she dropped it on purpose. And I can see more now where she wouldn't have, but mm-hmm. it's still You've also still watched a very it get rammed line. into more times. <laughs> yeah, she really yeah. creams her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's too good of a player, you know? It's, yeah. I don't know. She caught a ball in doing the splits. Yeah. And Did one you ever have to do that, Doug? <laughs> Many, many times. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every split I did on the baseball diamond. <laughs> so I am going to, unless you had other questions or comments on the film, ask you if you had anything you'd like to plug. You know, I, I think I touched on all my notes about the film, um, but I do want to thank you girls for having me on. This was, it's like I said, one of my favorite baseball movies, and, and it's been a joy to talk to you about it, about one of my favorite scenes in it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a host of a little minute by minute franchise uh, called Rocky Minute. Uh, we are covering the Rocky movies one minute at a time. We have two seasons completed and we're working to get the season three out. So yeah, we're on, uh, you know, just look up Rocky Minute on Google or a podcatcher and you'll find us. And you guys are part of Dueling Genre. Too, we are. So. Yes. Yes. It's a nice catch all website. Yep. DuelingGenre.com. It's a great network to be part of. So yeah, and moviesbyminutes.com has literally everything, and it's searchable. So if you go to that and type Rocky in that little search bar at the top, you'll find us. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. (laughs) (laughs) The good old search bar. Woohoo. And you know how to find us, and Rachel and I will be back with more talk about A League of Their Own. Have a stretch, get some refreshments, and join us right back here for the bottom of the seventh, next time on A League of Their Own, one inning at a time.